0: Welcome to the Lot Carry Pilgrimages of Striving and Thriving podcast. I'm Rev. Dr. Jacqueline Madison McQuarrie, pastor of the First Baptist Church of New Market in Piscataway, New Jersey, and learning coordinator for Pilgrimages of Striving and Thriving. The Pilgrimages of Striving and Thriving weekly podcast grows from a multi-year journey among pastors committed to flourishing in ministry. This is a project of the Lot Carey Foreign Mission Society and is made possible through the generous support from the Lilly Endowment. Learn more about Lot Carey and how it helps churches to extend the Christian witness throughout the world at lotcary.org. That's L-O-T-T-C-A-R-E-Y.org. Join us for weekly conversations with pastoral thought leaders who share wisdom from the Black church for the whole church. Let's join Reverend Dr. David Emmanuel Goldley, Associate Dean for Vocational Formation and Christian Witness at Duke Divinity School and the Project Director for Lot Carey's Pilgrimages of Striving and Thriving.
1: We rejoice to welcome today on Pilgrimages of Striving and Thriving, Dr. W.C. Turner, who is the lead pastor of the Mount Level Baptist Church in Durham, North Carolina, and he's a retired professor from Duke Divinity School, also in Durham. Dr. Turner, thank you so much for making time to visit with us today as we talk about flourishing in ministry.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you for the invite, for the invitation.
1: We've been on a journey with more than 50 pastors uh, for a, a few years, and we've been working on a pilgrimage toward flourishing in ministry. Our assumption is that every round does not go higher and higher that flourishing in ministry requires both striving and thriving, and that flourishing in ministry can be understood like a tree. Sometimes there are leaves, sometimes there are blossoms, sometimes leaves are falling away, and at other times there may only be bare branches, but still that tree can be healthy and thriving. Mm -hmm. Given your experience as a pastor and a trainer of pastor and a teacher and mentor, can you describe for us something of what flourishing looks like to you? Let me start with the
2: image that you gave. I see that as an image that is deeply rooted in uh, the scriptures, in particular uh, with the image of John 15 that um, lets us in on the mystery of God, the mystery of the life of God, uh, how you have the branches and the limbs and the sap how it's all intertwined in this mystical relationship that gives life. That means that you can never tell at one point how much the input is related to the output at some subsequent point in time. Um, But there must be this deep, deep interconnection, this mystical union, if you will, that is like the abiding, like the abiding of the branches, the vine, and the sap. Which, by the way, also becomes one of the primary metaphors for life in the spirit, life in God. Um, And so I would say that first and foremost, it is this nourishing, nurturing life in God that is given to us through the spirit. That is the the fundamental factor in flourishing. And I would go further to say And I have been involved in this life long enough now to know what it would be not to live in God, through Christ, uh, by the Spirit. uh, That you pass through stages and phases, through tests and through through trials, through changes in generations, that uh, historical circumstances rise and fall in such a way that there must be this continuity of sustaining life in order to last for the long haul. So that would be first and foremost. Uh, Being rooted, ensconced, if you will, that's um, a term that I um, uh, that I credit to the, uh, to the late Miles Jones. He talked about what it means to be ensconced um, and, uh, and what it means to have this vital, this vital life and, and participation. And by the way, by referring to him, I also would make mention of uh, principal persons in your formation and as you live and as you go and as you grow, you find yourself drawing on these nurturing, these nurturing relationships. I, I give great, great credit to what I would call uh, nasal nurture in the church and in ministry. And um, I've talked about this in terms of three, uh, you know, some principal, some principal persons. Uh, who've been involved in my life. Uh, I name them as James Forbes and Miles Jones uh, and A.W. Lawson. You draw on the wisdom you receive from them, but there is this active engagement with the present time and the particular location in which you have uh, to give your service and your work for God. How shall I say it? It's it's reading as you go, looking at life as it presents itself to you at persons, at situations, um, at, at occasions. Um, what was the, uh, the lyric to a song we used to sing, a song they taught us, new occasions teach new duties. Time makes ancient good uncouth, Um, but there has to be this active and vital participation in the moment. One has to read the climate and the environment and uh, the circumstances. I don't know. Somehow, it seems as though what is built into the tree The tree learns uh, through its enzymes and through its nature how to take life from the soil and its surroundings, but then to produce fruit uh, for the season and the occasion in which it is called to flourish.
1: Dr. Turner, let's talk a little bit more about when you talk about drawing on uh, the, the soil mm-hmm. and, and paying attention to the times. Yeah. Uh, so we, we've been uh, exploring on our journey toward flourishing what we call a formula for flourishing. Yeah. And that formula holds that if a pastor's leadership capacity plus service context yields ministry content, there is a higher probability for flourishing. Or put another way, if, if one builds one's content out of a serious attention to capacity and context, then there's a higher probability flourishing. We don't believe that you can just drag and drop what somebody else has done in another place.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, you know, we, we sometimes talk about, you know, you don't expect a palm tree to flourish in Maine. Yes. It doesn't happen. So can you talk to us about how your context of service has informed your content of ministry?
2: Yes, yes.
1: That is
2: my challenge in the present moment. I am a product of um, the pre-civil rights South, the church of the uh, late 40s and 50s, and now I have to read, conceive of ministry in the 21st century. That is a stupendous challenge. It is not so much as remotely possible to take a church from the 50s or a ministry from the 50s or even 60s, and drop it into the present. Um, uh, The necessity, the necessity of um, learning the language that is spoken, of um, feeling the surges and the pulses uh, of the present time, of being surrounded by those who know intimately what you once knew intimately, and, um, and weaving it all together into a ministry that draws, that nurtures, that touches people with the life of God. Yes, uh, that does not change, uh, but that is suited to the present time. Now, that being said, I must confess, that this is a journey that I am on. And so in order to uh, navigate, negotiate that space, I've got to find those who know enough about the present moment to make it real, and who are rooted in the life of the church and in the life of God in such a way as to make it authentic. Um, This is very, very conversational. It's humbling. It makes one, uh, what shall I say? It causes one to to develop uh, a level of of meekness uh, that enables you to hear and to listen and to cultivate um uh, what I would call an intergenerational intelligence so that you actually can hear so that you actually can hear what is being said even if it's not spoken in the languages or the language uh, that you prefer or
0: understand. A word to our listeners. Lot Carey's Pilgrimages of Striving and Thriving podcast is funded by the Lilly Endowment through its Thriving in Ministry initiative. We'll be right back with more from the interview.
3: Since 1897, the Lot Carey Global Christian Missional Community has helped churches to extend the Christian witness around the world. We collaborate with indigenously led communities to bear good and faithful witness to Christ Jesus through ministries of evangelism, compassion, empowerment, and advocacy in Africa, Asia, the Caribbean, Europe, North America, Oceania, and South America. Together, we are touching lives with transforming love you too can help to extend the christian witness throughout the world visit us at lotcary.org that's l-o-t-t-c-a-r-e-y dot o-r-g thanks for praying for and investing in the good news globally through word and deed
0: welcome back to the lot carrie podcast pilgrimages of striving and thriving i'm reverend dr jacqueline madison mcquery the learning coordinator of lot carrie's thriving in ministry program each week in this podcast, my colleague Reverend Dr. David Emanuel Goatley interviews a prominent black pastoral leader to gain insight for flourishing in ministry.
1: Dr. W.C. Turner Jr., one of the things that a number of churches are having to negotiate is how to communicate and interact with a generation that is very connected to mobile devices. Have you found that to be something that you are having to negotiate in your pastoral leadership?
2: Very much so, very much so. And let me uh, begin by saying that the the greatest portion of the membership at Mount Neville would be either boomers or pre-boomers. and and it's sometimes difficult to even bring people to see the importance, much less the necessity of um, some of the platforms and the way in which, um, the succeeding generations um, communicate and expect communication when a major portion of our lives has been lived without it. And that becomes a very difficult space to navigate where what one generation assumes as necessity is not even in the wheelhouse of a generation that considered itself fully capable without these amenities because they weren't present. And we learned how to negotiate life. We navigated life um, uh, thoroughly and completely without these amenities. And you are trying to interact with a generation that assumes it all as given with the lay of the land. The world comes that way. Now, that is a challenge in bridging, in bridging knowledges, in bridging uh, generations. It requires. cultural intelligence, it requires patience from both sides.
1: You've talked about uh, a context of ministry that uh, is informing your content. So having to adapt oh, yeah. when, when there is a need to adapt and there's a call for some to adapt, but there is a um, caution on the hands of some and maybe even a reluctance. And so that is a uh, important context. And I, I uh, suspect you are not alone ah. in having to negotiate that, that you have some other company. But let me ask you a different question about flourishing. Uh, you are um, among a unique uh, group of pastors, uh, not only in terms of your longevity uh, of experience, but also the depth of your uh, academic achievement, um, you have multiple degrees. You have a Doctor of Philosophy from a leading degree. You've been a career educator, and so there's some people who are saying, you know, I could never be like uh, Dr. W. C. Turner, uh, but they're seeing you now at this stage, with a lot of education and experience and exposure and time. You weren't always where you are today as a leader. And so would you mind talking to us about one example of where you have had to grow or mature or develop as a pastor in ministry?
2: Mm, yes, yes, yes. Um, I think I would say in that regard, uh, that a key for me has been to remain in touch with average people, with ordinary people, with hurting people, with suffering people, with people in pain. Because there's something about suffering, pain, and uh, and need and want that gives us the common denominator, which I would call human. Um, I'll never forget one church I pastored. I didn't really stay there, but three years. But the three years I stayed there. I was writing my dissertation. And when I announced that I was leaving the church, there was a woman who stood up and said, when this man came here and they told us about all his degrees and all of his training and all of his education, she said, I said to the little Oh, Lord, I'm not going to understand a thing that man is saying. (laughs) And she said, but thank God he had preached a sermon yet that I didn't understand. (laughs) And I attribute that to the preaching and the teaching and the ministry being grounded in scripture, grounded in scriptures. And in a deep, deep, deep compassion for the people, for the people, um, I was called to serve. I don't know that there is any that there is any replacement for those two factors: um, grounding inscription and compassion for the people. Um, I've had uh, some experiences here lately with, with illness that I would say have deepened my capacity for compassion. Compassion. There is no substitute, no substitute in anywhere for compassion. If you have compassion for people, you will search, you will hunt, you will labor for the ways that are essential for reaching them. And when people know your compassion, they are more likely to give you a hearing. You, when you reach for the depths of compassion, you can uh, interact with people in such a way that lets you know. If they have not comprehended, if they have not understood, and then a certain kind of a certain measure of humility for how to re-lecture, how to restate, how to re how to redo, how to
1: revisit an issue. What is the best advice that you received about pastoral leadership? I
2: guess I heard it put this way early on, follow the KISS principle, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> uh, the other advice was, Find someone who will be radically and brutally honest with you, but who you know implicitly is concerned for you. Uh, you need a critic, you need a critic, um, not someone who is critical in the way That would tell you down, but who is critical in the way that is honest and who is candid and who will tell you, who will tell you what you need to hear uh, from other lips, uh, who has a set of ears, perhaps, I'll say, that are tuned in at a frequency that yours are not, but who will speak to you truth will speak truth to you and uh, and 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 there is no substitute for having that kind of person in your
1: life and in your ear what brings you the most joy as a pastor i
2: would say that nothing surpasses the joy that comes From lifting a life, a life that was broken, burdened, on the way down to labor with, to minister to, to teach, to help, and to lift a life. Often that is behind the scenes. Nobody knows, but you, the person, and the Lord. Oh, I'm thinking right now, I'm thinking right now uh, of um, an occasion that I had some years ago to intervene, to intersect in such a way. Yeah, yeah. And now to see the flourishing that has come. Yeah, that is a supreme, satisfying blessing. Yeah, to see ministry take its effect on a soul. (laughs) Yeah, and to lift someone by the help of God to the point where they begin to flourish and to minister. Yeah.
1: Dr. Turner, we have... People who are practicing ministry. We have people who are preparing for pastoral ministry who listen to this podcast across the country and around the world. What advice would you like to give our listeners today about what they can do to flourish in ministry? I would say.
2: Draw as close as you can to God, draw close to God. Yeah, rely on the spirit and tune in, and tune in to the needs of the people in the times that you live and serve. Yeah. Pay attention. Pay attention to the needy, to the needs, to the hurt, to the pain. Yes. That will keep you grounded. Will keep you grounded. It'll keep you grounded. Read.
0: Study, pray, yeah, to hear from God,
2: to hear from God. Fads come and go. Politics and agendas rise and fall. But there is a mission, a mission that has been given to us search for yours, find it, and learn to love it. Learn to cherish. This is a term, a phrase that I I coined at one point. Cherish the chores, to cherish the chores of ministry, because it is the chores that will sustain in the long run. They look like chores, and they are. <laughs> but it is the chores. And we live in a day where people get carried away, you know, by the hype, the tinsel, you know, the popularity, and all of that. But that will not
1: sustain for the long run. It's the chores, the chores. We've been blessed to be in conversation today with W.C. Turner, Jr., the lead pastor of the Mount Level Baptist Church in Durham, North Carolina, and the James T. and Alice Mead Cleveland Professor Emeritus of the Practice of Preaching at Duke Divinity School. Dr. Turner, thank you for your years of teaching, and mentoring, and for the generosity of time and wisdom today.
2: I hope I have been helpful. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us today for Pilgrimages of Striving and Thriving, a weekly podcast from Lot Carey as we listen in on conversations with prominent pastoral thought leaders. Join us next week for a conversation with a new guest and fresh insights. Wisdom from the black church for the whole church. I'm Reverend Dr. Jacqueline Madison McQuarrie. Pilgrimages of Striving and Thriving is produced in partnership with Good Faith Media Music by Makita McQuarrie. Share the word with those who need to hear it. Pilgrimages of striving and thriving, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, listen online at lotcarry.org.